Welcome to Hot Off the Press, a podcast that provides knowledge and emotional support for new and aspiring printers. I'm Jillian of Studio Soprano. And I'm Mariah of Mariah Creates, and we are two letterpress printers who believe in sharing our knowledge and learning together. We're here to help bridge the gap between antique printing methods and modern design. So hang up your apron, put down those palette knives, and let's get into what's hot off the press. Hello, friends, and welcome back to Hot Off the Press. I'm Jillian of Studio Soprano, and I am here with the absolute amazing, always Mariah of Mariah Creates. Yay! We're so happy to be back. Yay! Okay, so today we're going to talk about a topic that we feel is important because it was one of those pain points as we were like building our own businesses, at least it certainly was for me, of what do I actually need to do when it comes to packaging orders? And it is exceptionally challenging when you can be shipping something that's like a 300 three-piece suite. Yeah greeting card in one day (laughs) totally the range is incredible of like the things that we ship on a regular basis and it's very random and figuring out especially in the beginning what supplies to have on hands and over the years the things that Jillian and I have both gotten rid of because we never used them the list is long so we're gonna try and help you out here and uh, tell you what we keep on hand to ship everything from that single greeting card up to that 900 piece print job. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really excited about this. I know for a fact I still have about 35 of the very first boxes that I ever bought and I bought a set of 50 of them. Like that oh, is wow. how few I've used and that was my yeah. very first business order was buying these boxes. But at the time I was selling packets of greeting cards and you couldn't fit more than two packets side by side nor could you fit them on top of each other in the box like the dimensions were just marginally off in every direction and it was a freaking nightmare so it is a rare occasion that I'm like oh I have to ship this and it fits in this odd sized box Oh, yeah. And I bet most of the people listening have a random collection of boxes sitting in their living room from packages they've received, too. Like thinking yeah. like, oh, I'll just reuse this or whatever. You're like, oh, this box is a nice box. This is a good size box, whatever it is. I'm sure you also have a pile of random ass boxes sitting oh, next to yeah. the door or wherever somewhere. My Amazon packages came today and I got really excited when I was like, oh, my gosh, that's a decent sized box right there. Like, <laughs> I'm going to use this. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes those boxes really come in handy, but I've kind of learned at this point which ones I'm never going to use, and which ones That's I true. definitely, you know, need to keep. So, yeah. Yeah. All right. First, so actually, the first tip I would offer is flatten those boxes and store them somewhere. It's way easier than keeping all these assembled, partially assembled boxes lying around. Very true. Very true. Yeah. You can always retape them. So anyway. All right. Let's yeah. do it. Okay. All right. So I think we should start off with just the importance of packaging. And first and foremost, obviously, is product protection. We know that things can get beat the crap up in the mail. Yeah. I am utterly shocked when I receive some things in the mail. I ordered 
a card game off Amazon the other day, and it literally looked like a truck drove over one end of it. Oh, man. (laughs) So product protection is really important. And whether you're shipping a tiny sticker, I'm going to hold up this tiny sticker from Mariah. This is about like a snail. It's like a one inch by one inch snail sticker if you're shipping this or if you're shipping, you know, that three piece suite quantity of 300 like that had like letterpress and duplex and some special stuff yeah that you yeah really, you wanna, really wanted to arrive safe and sound yes you absolutely no matter what you're selling to someone you want it to get there in the condition that it's leaving your house so obviously number one with packaging is product protection and then number two is obviously branding Yeah, I mean, how a package arrives to someone definitely says a lot as far as, you know, creating an experience for people when they open it, but also just a perception of value and, you know, being consistent with who you want to be, how you want to be represented as a brand. So, you know, most of us stationers in particular are working, you know, somewhere and they're shipping these packages off to their clients, probably somewhere else, several states away. They could be right on the street, but regardless, you know, you're not necessarily handing this off in person in the little gift bag, right? So you want to make sure that, you know, your branding is cohesive, that, you know, people are getting this beautiful package that they probably paid a lot of money for and that it's arriving and it's, you know, getting there in a good shape, but also when they open it up, that they're still wowed. You know, it's still a matter of presentation as well as just protection. So yeah, packaging is important for that too. Yeah. As someone who orders a lot of stuff off Etsy, I love getting packages from Etsy because there's so much personality packed into however those are assembled. And, but you can always tell who's being really thoughtful about it and who's just like, oh, Sticker Mule was running a sale on this thing. So I got like a whole bunch of this or whatever. Like, it's just a bunch of stuff that's thrown in there. And I try to be like really practical about the things I don't put like too much stuff that people didn't ask for in fact the stickers that I picked up these came with an order I placed from a small business and I got like six stickers with my order that had absolutely nothing to do with stationery like absolutely nothing so like they're cute they are cute but I personally try to think about end user and what is the intention of the thing that I'm putting in my packaging. And I feel like a lot of people on Etsy do the same thing. Like it might just be communicating, you know, here's a discount code, or this is the story behind my brand, or this is how whatever you just ordered, this is how it was made. Personally, for me, I like to include a photo of Gordy. And I send that out with like all of my greeting cards because I want people to know these are not just the cards that you go and buy at the store. Yeah. These are printed on a very, very special machine and therefore they are tiny works of art. Yeah, um, totally. So yeah, I love yeah. that. And I think that that experience that you were talking about really can secure you a repeat client. I think if someone opens up an order from you and they really enjoy the experience of opening it or whatever they find when they're opening it or you wrote that you hand wrote them a thank you note they may come back to you just because of that yeah i mean so here's the thing like if somebody spends thousands of dollars to have you make their wedding invitations and you put all of this love and effort into making these and making them perfect and checking for imperfections and removing ones that are not so great and you know you make like you put all of this time, all of this energy, and they put this big financial and emotional investment in you. 
And then like, imagine you're the recipient and you get this box and you're like, oh my God, I'm so excited. Our wedding invitations are here. You open it up and it's like just a pile of invitations. Like, it's not fun. It's not exciting. And like, all it would take, you know, like we're not, Jillian and I do not have like these perfectly foiled, branded, like linen wrapped boxes with all these things. Like, it's not like we're not doing that. That's not where we're at. We're talking about like, yeah. Using basic supplies that are readily available to make this experience just personal and yeah. fun and a little bit more thoughtful. That's all yeah. we're talking about here. We are 100% entry level branding with our packaging because one, that's just where we're at. But two, I also feel like that really goes with our brands. Like there are some brands where they need to have the foiled everything, the very personalized <clears throat> boxes. They have special tags that go on everything. And that is 100% their brand. And <clears throat> and that's great. But like if you are just starting out and you're seeing, you know, TikToks or reels of people's packaging and it looks like that, don't feel like you have to start there. You don't have to drop thousands of dollars into your branded packaging. Just sign up for sticker mules, freaking emails. Yeah, those are glorious. Yeah, every now and then you'll get $29 stickers and $29 rolls of branded tape. And if you take advantage of those, next thing you know, you're going to have a whole setup of all of this stuff that looks all looks the same it's all in the same colors it all has your logo on it and that alone is just enough to take you from just reusing amazon boxes which spoiler alert i still do to like now you have branded packaging and it doesn't necessarily have to cost you a fortune for sure and you know on that point like you don't have to do everything all at once either you can start with something like a thank you note and you can work your way up from there it's not something you have to go like to start a brand, to start a company, you don't need to go out and spend thousands of dollars on packaging for orders that you don't have yet. You can no. just start when you're ready. Start with something small. Start with getting boxes that are all blank. Like whatever it is, whatever starting point you choose, there's a lot of options. But yeah, it is it is something that is important. And ultimately, you know, it says a lot about your brand and about your company to the people who receive those packages. So also Wait, really quick before yeah. you change topics. I think it'd be like really fun to talk about like where we started. So I'm going to show you and I'll post this on our Instagram. But this was one of the first things that I got. It's a giant stamp that has my logo on it and some of my icons. Nice. And I had this stamp made and I would just take those terribly sized white boxes that I bought and I would (laughs) stamp this on top or on the inside lid. And like it instantly looked like I had these personalized boxes, but I just paid once for this stamp and then I just bought these pretty affordable boxes off Amazon. And then I also got my logo bigger um, Mm -hmm. in case I didn't want to do the patterned one. So like, yeah, you can, those were like the first things that I did. And then a long while later, I got branding tape. Like that was maybe only a couple months ago. And shortly before that, I added my thank you cards that had a picture of me and Gordy on it. So all of those were like six to eight months in between. And so right now when I package an order, I am so proud of it. Like it almost makes me really emotional. But that's like two years of collecting stuff. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. 
it's and it's you- something that takes time and like also it's also for me what's hard is like committing to like the packaging tape took me longer than to order not because I couldn't afford it or didn't think it was worth it but because I literally couldn't decide on a design for it yeah <laughs> sometimes biting the bullet and deciding on what you need is hard but also kind of briefly mentioned and we'll touch on it more but <laughs> when you start out and you think okay I'm gonna need all of these things and then eventually you realize you don't need half of those things and then you use the other two things way more often than anything else you've ever purchased then it's like, okay, now I'm ready to invest like in something nicer or something better or whatever, because you're like, okay, I have a better idea of what I actually use. And I'm not yeah. gonna be wasting a whole bunch of energy and, and funds trying to create like this elaborate bo- set of boxes for four different sizes when you really only need two. So yeah, I um, think that's our good first hot tip right off the top of the episode <laughs> is whenever you're ordering something for the first time, do not order a lot of it. I remember the first a2 plastic sleeves that I got didn't actually fit the envelopes in them for mm. some reason they were just the perfect side size for the card itself so luckily I only bought a hundred of those and I was able to repurpose them down the line but they definitely sat on my shelf for three years before I figured out something to do with them so mm. like I'm glad I didn't buy hundreds of those those white boxes I bought 50 of them still have about 30 left yeah just and even like stickers tape the branded tape that I got I only bought one roll that day because I was like oh what if I don't like the spacing between the logos and guess what I don't like the spacing between the logos so yeah hot tip right off the top if you are ordering your first set of anything order a a manageable amount like a small amount (laughs) yeah don't feel like you have to order 500 to get the best deal because what's going to end up happening is if you order in bulk to get the best per piece price and then for some reason it doesn't work out with your brand or your products or whatever it is you have wasted so much money you've wasted so much more money than if you paid twice the amount per piece but only bought 25 of them or 50 of them for sure yeah great great point it's it's I definitely okay so when I first started I thought okay I'm gonna do like these four different sizes of greeting cards I still have a six and a one four bar sleeves the Mm -hmm. original pack of 100 I still have like at least half of those if not more yeah because I ended up not liking those sizes I just didn't like them and also like yeah it just you (laughs) we have such great intentions when we start things but you know I think that Start off with something like a small quantity of whatever it is you're planning to order. See how you like it. See how you actually use it. When you get low on that thing, you can reorder it and you can order the the largest bulk amount that they sell at the, at the smallest per piece price. Like, great. Yeah. But that first round, like, save yourself the heartache of risk, you know, $100, $50 versus $500 and get a smaller amount. You know, it's just, yeah, it's worth it's worth a little bit of risk to save a lot of risk, I guess, of not using all of them. A hundred percent. And if you're just, I mean, the money alone, but also the space. Like Mariah recently sent me an entire box of stuff that she had ordered that she was like, I'm not going to do anything with this. Do you want it? And I'll tell you what, you know that like hack that people used for their closet where they'll put like a sticker on the tag or something and they're, if they don't wear it, in so many months or whatever they have to take that yeah it has to go 
I'm going to go do something like that to that box that you sent me. If I don't touch anything in that box in like six months or something, yeah, we need Seriously. to figure out something else to do. With yeah. It. Well, like I had, I mean, this is kind of off topic, but I had like a couple of months ago, I went through and like cleaned out a ton of supplies and random envelopes and random tools, things that I didn't need, don't use, didn't like, whatever. I got rid of so much stuff. And you know what? I have not missed a single thing of yeah. all of that stuff. I have not missed one piece of that because I it was stuff I didn't use, whatever. Like, And there were things like, I think I actually did get rid of some of those A1 four bar cello sleeves. And now that I think about it, and I definitely got rid of like all of the craft boxes I didn't like, all of the like random packaging I bought for one-off projects or whatever like I yeah it was so much of that stuff that I was just like this is so annoying like and yes I sold it to people for the most part but like I wasn't exactly making my money back I just wanted it to be gone and for shipping to be covered you know so you know it's not that I necessarily quote-unquote lost a ton of money on all that stuff but it was just causing me anxiety just like sitting here being unused for years taking up space that I could use to store other things that I actually use and in the long run, you know, buying new stuff and knowing kind of what you don't need, it will save you money once you've weeded out all the stuff you don't, you don't use, so. Yeah, knowing what you don't need is huge because I would say that when either of us have put any of these items into the add to cart and we yep. checked out, we were convinced we were 100% needed those. I remember thinking I absolutely have to have these white A7 boxes for my keepsake suites. and immediately after buying them half the sweets that I did after that were a seven and a half because of an enclosure <laughs> or something so it's like they of don't course. even fit and oh, man. then when I did have it I was just like nah it's fine but you know so all yeah. the all the things your brain is telling you <clears throat> we are so groomed to be consumers so all the things your brain is telling you I must have I must have I am not a this until I have that it's all bullshit. And so we're going to go through and talk about the actual orders that we ship and what we use for them. And we would highly suggest to you to think about like, what do you actually ship and what do you need for those? And yes, yeah, you can add a few ones to that list. But a lot of the frivolous things are just they're not necessary. Yeah. And so if your budget doesn't allow for it, it's nothing to feel guilty about. Not for having sure. Them. Yeah. And, you know, it's, I think we should normalize regular packaging, which is like yes. reuse, reuse boxes, reuse bubble wrap, like reuse as much as you can. And, you know, clear packing tape is all right. Printing a full label, you know, on label paper, cutting it out is totally okay. All of that's fine. As long as you need to do those things, you do those things. It's all about finding what serves you. And for me, a big part of this is finding out what's more efficient to have on hands and to just make packaging up orders a lot easier. So yeah, so let's talk about some of the things we ship. So let's start off with the larger stuff. Both Jillian and I do some business to business printing. We print for other designers. This is definitely like we're talking largest quantities probably. And it's going to be unassembled, i.e. like the suites aren't going to be assembled and put in an envelope ready to go post office. They're going to be Here's your invitations, here's your details cards, here's your RSVP cards, et cetera. So a little bit different yeah. than some of the other orders that we would place on a larger quantity scale of things. I agree. Yeah. So 
typically for those orders, the way that I package them up is I put stacks of everything in a plastic sleeve. And if there's going to be like two stacks side by side, I make sure to belly band them so that during transit, there's no, I don't know what you would call this, but like like shuffling, shuffling. Yeah. Like the edges, <laughs> basically the edges getting damaged, Bumping against you each know, other. Yeah. going back to the importance of packaging. My number one thing is if someone is paying me to purchase, like to make paper goods for them, I have to do whatever I can to make sure those paper goods which are so freaking fragile arrive yeah. in like the best condition possible. So I will belly band stacks, put them in plastic, make sure that there's padding around them in the box. And then once they are in the box, make sure that if you were to shake it, they're not, not going to move around a ton. Yeah. Um, I don't overpack anymore because I used to put like way too much packing paper in there so that they didn't yeah. move at all. But a small amount of movement isn't going to kill them. You just don't want them to be like sloshing from one side of the box to the other because that will damage the edges, especially if you're working with cotton paper. You like sneeze near cotton paper and it gets a dent in it. Yeah, it bruises just by looking at it for sure. (laughs) Yeah, so I do a similar process. So usually what I'll do is I'll use it's like basically butcher like craft paper and I'll basically wrap stacks usually in like a stack 50 or 100. But, you know, sometimes they're odd amounts. It depends on the thickness of paper, too, because your double thick paper is really, really thick. So a stack of 50 is pretty tall. Um, and then so basically I, I wrap them in like a butcher craft paper and I will either do one of two things. Depends on the order. Depends on what I have on hand and the size of things, et cetera, et cetera. But I will either put like a stack in a cello bag that has a seal and wrap it. Or I'll wrap kind of, I'll like make a layer in the box of bubble wrap and then put everything in that and then kind of wrap it. So the idea for me is like the butcher paper helps prevent corners and edges getting messed up, piece everything together, keeps it nice and tidy. But I do feel like there's a little bit of a need for plastic in any case of moisture. And I agree. Again, cotton, cotton paper just like loves moisture. I live in the Midwest where it's humid. You know, you're shipping an order to Florida or it's winter or it's rainy. Like you never know. Whether that box is going to sit on the wet ground in the middle of a rainstorm or whatever UPS or FedEx is going to do with it. So I do feel like for me, I like to have a little bit of plastic protected from water, but I try and use paper as much as possible. And I like the butcher paper. I think like, you know, your, your brand aesthetic will determine what you like using, but I like the like brown craft paper. And then I have like a little string that's like brown and white so it looks like kind of natural but kind of cutesy and sometimes I'll tie it like a little package a little bow on it and it's to me it takes a little more time and it's a little more labor intensive but I just really love that I love that like even if you're like you're just hiring me to print your job I want you to still feel like you get to unpack something you know yeah still make it a little bit fun so that's kind of my little that's my little special touch I do for b2b stuff I love that Yeah. yeah yeah I agree so talking about plastic when I first started my business, I was so gung-ho on, I'm not going to use any plastic. I'm not going to use any plastic. Well, guess what? Getting into the paper business is the wrong freaking business if you don't want to use plastic because I have done tests with like different wax papers and blah, blah, blah. And the thing about a lot of these alternate solutions is that they're actually not that much more eco-friendly than plastic. So a lot of wax papers take either will not degrade or take an obnoxious 
obnoxiously long time to degrade. They're not recyclable. They have chemicals in them. Like there's all this stuff. Then you have like the eco-friendly enclosures, the plastic enclosures. But if you actually do the research on those, they're also really not that great. They don't break down super easily. They will break down faster than like a regular plastic, but not that much faster. <laughs> so so yeah, it's it's one of those things, but it hasn't stopped raining in LA since the beginning of this year. And almost every single package that's been delivered to my house has been 100% saturated because I don't have an awning. They literally just leave it on my porch in the rain. And yeah. so um, my biggest fear is that I send someone out a $1,200 order of letterpressed beautiful pieces of paper and it sits in the rain and gets destroyed and now now it has to be reprinted and that is yeah, an unfortunate UPS scenario <laughs> UPS doesn't care about yeah. that and it's an unfortunate scenario for everyone involved and so for me what I like to do is I make sure that the plastic that I am using can be reusable so I don't do the shrink wrap plastic stuff even yeah. though I feel like that would save me so much more time because there's a lot of times where I'm like damn I have to like fold this bag eight times to get it to fit this tiny stack of four bars mm. but the person who gets it, it I mean it's totally up to them of course you know there's a good chance that they may just throw it away but they are getting something that they could 100% reuse. Like sometimes yeah. I don't even take the resealable strip off. Sometimes I just use scotch tape to like tape it all together. Yeah. And then that way they actually have like a fully functioning Ready plastic to go bag. Yeah. Bag when they get it. But I agree with you. And I actually used to, do, I had a very lovely big roll of craft paper. And so for a very long time, I was wrapping in craft and then using bubble wrap. But I'll probably say this five times throughout the episode. 90% of my packaging materials are not things that I buy. It's stuff that has come to me and I'm trying to reuse. Yeah. That is 100%. And I'll never stop doing that. I don't think my brand will ever get to the point where I will prioritize aesthetics over the fact that Amazon ships so much stuff to me with those big puffy plastic air things. Yeah. I can just reuse those. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so all the bubble wrap that I bought to move my grandma's china from one place to another has been repurposed into packaging orders for my business now <laughs> for sure the only time I've ever bought like bubble wrap or like air filler stuff is literally because I ran out of the stuff I just had lying around from other packages and right downstairs lucky midwesterners we have basements but downstairs in my basement I have literally three boxes one of them has bubble wrap one of them has those big air pocket things and one of them has brown like stuffer like filler paper that has all come in from other packages. And I fully agree. Like, I will reuse that stuff until it runs out or, you know, whenever I get more, I'll reuse that too. I don't, pers personally, I don't have a problem with other people doing it, but I don't like to send out orders in packages that have a big logo on the side. If it's a small mm -hmm. logo, if it's like nondescript logo, fine. But when it's like plastered with Amazon and Amazon branded tape and like all that stuff, I don't like to do that. But that being said, I'm not against it for anyone else. You can feel free to send all that packaging to me. Like, I will totally be glad to accept it. I don't usually reuse it for orders. Have I? When a box was the right size and I needed a box that size, I didn't have something on hand? Absolutely. In a pinch, I'll totally do it. But 
that's kind of like the one line I've started to draw with reusing packaging. <laughs> and it's yeah. like a gray dashed line. It's not like a hard black line, you know? <laughs> so here is something that you can actually do because I have done this. You could put a slice in one edge of that box and flip it inside out and then just retape that slice and they're plain on the inside. Except for USPS. USPS freaking prints their stupid logo inside their boxes. Yeah. They put like priority, whatever. Post office ones though. You know, it's like it's it's I know, but it's it's not like a business business. Yeah. It just sucks because you can't flip them inside out and reuse them for anything. Yeah, I like the idea. Here's here's the one thing smart. So two things that I've done with boxes that are clearly Amazon because Amazon freaking puts their logo on every square inch of a box. I've either flipped them inside out if I'm really running the time crunch to get to UPS that day, I will just ship it as is with my branding tape freaking plastered all over it. Mm-hmm. And then I usually like write somewhere on the box like Re- recycling this box. Thanks for understanding yeah, or something like totally. that. Or what I've also done in the past is I had this really nice pink craft paper for a short Ooh, period of time yeah. and I would just wrap the box the entire in that box. Yeah. because then that sort of the brand experience and then whatever's on the inside is just purely for functionality. Paper, yeah, perfect. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, so, so those are go. just some ways. A range of it. options. Yeah, you yeah. have a range of yeah. options to work with. Yeah. Really quick before we move on, let's talk <clears throat> about, so for these large orders, You've found the box size that you love and you've committed to, mm-hmm. and we should talk 12 about by 12 that. by 8 for life. For me, I am still, I'm about to place an order for big boxes, but I've been reusing. I have ordered thousands upon thousands of pre-scored cards from Legion, and they come in this perfect size box for almost yeah. every order I'm shipping out. Yeah. So I've been reusing those for so long but I am down to my very last one so I have no option I have to commit to buying inventory of boxes but tell us about the magic box you have okay so I originally I think it was like I needed something and I went to UPS because I like needed a box today to ship out this order and I had like a really large quantity invitation order that I needed to ship out right it was like you talked about like like 303 piece suite I went to UPS and they had a 12 by 12 by, I think it was, I don't remember the height. It was 12 by 12 by like eight or 10 or something like that. Whatever. It was a perfect size. And I was like, OMG, this box is perfection. So then I found online, I, I'll have to look and see, but I think it was Paper Mart or maybe Eco Enclosed, but they, I think it was Paper Mart, but they did a 12 by 12 and then the, it had a, it had a little crease line. So you could do 12 by 12 by 12, 12 by 12 by 10 or 12 by 12 by eight. And then I realized that is the perfect box to ever exist and that will now be my ride or die for the rest of time. So yeah. that's my preferred size for my large, large orders. So invitation clients, B2B clients, et cetera. Yeah. So, so that's when like, you say crease, my... so does that mean that the same box can adapt to all those heights? Yeah. Okay. So that's exactly how the Legion boxes are, which is why yeah. I love them so much. So you could tell that they were capable of being higher. But yeah. since I've ordered the same product from them, all of mine have the cuts down the edges and then they're folded at the second score. Yep, exactly. And that to me is brilliant because, you know, if you're doing, you know, I just recently shipped 160, 220 pound A9s. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And just the length and width and then height of that amount. Like if yeah. anything else had to go out with those, I wouldn't have had the height for it in any of my boxes because for sure. yeah, it's just or, a, it's a very tall stack of cards. Well, and sometimes like if you're reusing things like your plastic, you know, packing material, like maybe you normally ship this amount with bubble wrap and it's only, you know, eight inches. But today you don't have bubble wrap. You only have those big air filler things. And that takes up another three inches. Yeah. Like, you know, sometimes you just need your box to give you a little bit of wiggle room. It's like an expandable suitcase. Like just having the option is nice. For the few it times is- that you use it, you're going to be like, this is dope. I don't know why I would ever get anything without this. And so like when you do the lower height, so the eight inch one, like the flaps fold over farther because you mm-hmm. cut down to that, right? So just use that for the bottom. It's more protection for the bottom anyway. Like, yeah, boom, problem solved. It's Love. literally perfect. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. I will say, okay, so here is hot tip number two then is that even if your boxes don't come like that, because I have done this. With, oh, yeah. You can do that boxes. with any box. You could do this with any box. So basically what you do is you take a blade, a box cutter, whatever, and cut down at the corners, like continue yeah. those slits down. <clears throat> and then you could take a bone folder and a ruler or is that what it's called? A bone folder? No. Yeah. What is that? Yeah. yeah. Okay. A bone folder. Okay, great. So you take a bone folder and a ruler and just create the score and then it will fold really easily. I've manhandled it. I've yeah, just I've been like, say, you're going to fold. Down. Cardboard doesn't usually fold very nicely. So I would say scoring yeah. it is going to make it look way better. Scoring Unless it you're like moving better. your home from one house to another. You know, it's not really like business appropriate, but. Yeah, but Smash it's great it. because if you do that, like let's say you're shipping an order where there's so much more height in the box and you would have to fill it with more filler, it's going to save you money to just mm-hmm. shorten that box because For one, sure. you don't have to use as much filler. And depending on what filler you use, like if you're using that heavyweight craft paper, that's weight. Yeah. That could push your that could push your package into the next pound realm. Yeah. Yeah, it literally will pay for itself. Perfect. Yeah. So, okay. So then, so how do you like, how do you package? Okay. So we've talked about B2B or like printing jobs and packaging those. So when it's actual clients, when it's completed invitations, what do you do? And I guess the question to start off with for me is, you know, are you shipping assembled invitations or are your clients assembling themselves? Because I feel like that's two very different ballparks. I've done everything in between. So I've shipped in stacks with one assembled suite and instructions on how they get from A to B. Mm -hmm. I've also shipped assembled invitations that basically just need their eyeballs on it, seal and then stamp. Like even the RSVP envelope inside is already stamped. They just want to take care of the mailing. I think that's what a lot of stationers are moving towards now because we're all pretty anal about the way that assembled suites look. So I feel like we all would like to assemble the suites, but we don't want the responsibility of USPS being jerks and damaging or losing everything. So, so like those are the two different spectrums that I've sent. And so if it is the stacks, I do almost the same thing as B2B, but I have these little stickers that I put on each package that lets them know what that item is and how many is in that stack. And if like, let's say it's the RSVPs and they had like a numbering system or something, I will be like putting in the seating chart that coordinates with that stack so that they know 
not seating chart, the address list. Yeah, the list. Excuse me. I'm like, I'm I'm still in day of world. So yeah, so I go a little bit, there's a little bit more handholding when it comes to the packaging, a little bit more explanation. But then I also like really elevate the way that it looks. So that's when I use my peach color brand tissue paper. That's when I'm using like the special stickers that say your stationery has arrived. Yep. That's when I might put in like a little box of treats or something. And yeah, I try to take it to the next level. If the sweets are assembled, I what I've been doing is I take a box and I put assembled sweets inside a box and then I wrap that in bubble wrap and then that goes inside another box. Yeah. I don't plastic sleeve any of the assembled invitations because I don't foresee those couples reusing any of that material. They don't run businesses. They won't need them. They will likely just end up in the trash. So I try to keep single-use plastic out of my client shipping. Yeah. If I can. Yeah, I do basically the same thing. Well, so, okay, all of, I actually like to assemble all of my suites. Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't think I've ever shipped an unassembled suite to a client. I just don't believe that they should be worrying about how to tie that knot. I also don't want him to mess it up, obviously, but I'm trying to be nice. Also, like when it it's, comes to things it's like really that he doesn't want them yeah, to mess it up. It's really that I want it to be how I want it to be. But what I do is I send them all, all the envelopes are unsealed. So the client only has to seal the envelope. I usually assemble and I put postage on the envelopes, the outside envelopes, RSVPs definitely. But I usually put postage on the outside envelope. If it's something where I think they need to double check at their local post office, I'll just include the postage with it and have them assemble it so it depends on that but most of my clients pay for postage they don't usually want to buy it themselves so I try and make sure that everything is done for them and then you know so then you have a pile of you know a hundred slightly not perfectly flat envelopes because like god forbid there's a box seal or like a bow inside of the envelope right they're not like a perfect stack that's gonna stay there like if you set this stack on a table it's gonna like slide around right so mm-hmm. then I use kind of a, I do exactly what you did. And I, I basically take a smaller box and put it within the big box. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, it, it doesn't work perfectly. You know, I, I would like to find maybe like a, you know, how like envelopes when you buy them in bulk, they come in this perfect like shoe box looking box. Yeah. I'm like, I want those for all of my invitation clients. Like I yeah. want those like that size. So I reuse the envelope box from yeah. the suite. Yeah. I just have to hope. Because it usually takes two of them because by the time you... Yeah, they're assembled. Stuff yeah. them, yeah. So I usually just have to hope I've got two A7 Sorry. and a half boxes lying around. But yeah, I mean, it, it, yeah. you can totally order those. Yeah. I want to order them in like a nicer color than just like... Yeah, the craft cardboard. brown. Yeah. yeah. But so basically I take... I have another box size. I have several boxes. I'll tell you all the sizes later. But I have another box size that I basically like can stack two of those inside my 12 by 12 boxes. And then that will cover up to like, I don't know, 200 invitations probably. So yeah, that works. And inside of that, sometimes if they're like really wonky, like if there's a wax seal on top of some thicker ribbon or something like that, I'll belly band like, a you know, a set of them together. So it's kind of like keeps them organized within the box. Mm-hmm. And then within the box, if there's like two rows next to each other, I'll usually put some like butcher paper or packing paper in between, just keep kind of the aisles separated. Mm-hmm. And then I always do ribbon or like twine of some kind. 
And I put a little tag on it that says like either their names or like your invitations have arrived or something cute like that. And then I always, always do a handwritten note. And sometimes for my couples, like I like to include like a little thank you card or something like that from just my products that I sell because, you know, it's always nice to have that on hand. It has my logo on the back of it. So I know that like if they send it to someone or use it, they're going to remember that it's from me. So I try and be like thoughtful about what I'm including in that. Like I want everything to have my brand on it somewhere. Like I'm not going to send them just like a little card with a little flower and nothing else on it because they're not going to remember yeah. where they got that or whatever. So I try and make it a little about me, even though it's really about them. And yeah, yeah, that's kind of what I do. Yeah, um, I agree. I definitely level up the branding a lot more with client suites and uh yeah, even if it's not, even if it's like birthday invitations or yeah. even if I'm doing a local delivery, <clears throat> I will put them in one of my cute bags with tissue paper and tie a ribbon around it and yep. like really go the full yeah. mile. Any chance branding. I have to make it cuter is more fun for me yeah. and more fun for them. Yeah. And not that, not that we're saying we love our design clients more than our B2B clients, because at least for me, B2B is, you know, yeah like the bulk of my business it's just that's a more like brand like brand to brand transactional moment and I don't need to sell them on my story they're already sold on my service because I'm providing them a service yeah whereas I feel like with clients who are getting married and they're not you know hopefully not going to get married again I just want to like leave a really good lasting impression on them because the likelihood that they're going to need letterpress stationary again even in the next few months is really slim versus sometimes I haven't even shipped out an order to a b2b client and they're already placing another order yeah so yeah and I also the frequent I feel like the potency the impact you make has to be more potent when you know that there's going to be a longer amount of time before you're needed again yeah that makes sense for sure and also like you're like when you're doing B2B, you know, that person is tearing that box open and immediately taking everything out of it and never and like chucking that box in their reduce, reuse, recycle pile. Like it's, it's different. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, whereas like your invitation clients, like that stuff's probably going to sit around a little more. They're going to kind of hang on to it because there's sentimental value attached to it. You know, they might like, yeah. you know, whatever invitations like extras or blanks that you have included, like they're going to have those sitting somewhere in a box, like in case they need them. And like, you know, that stuff is going to hang around a little bit longer, whereas your B2B stuff is like, okay, I got it. Thank you. Now I'm going to assemble it. And then they're going to package it and send it to their clients. So it's just different. It's a different purpose. And I think that, you know, it's totally valid. One thing I did forget to talk about is for B2B stuff, I've been reusing all of the like Princewell premium packaging. Oh, yeah. Boxes you your tops. Yeah. So yeah, you do use those. <laughs> yeah. So I do reuse those. I don't know how I forgot about all of those boxes. I have a thousand of them. So yeah, those are also really helpful too. Like again, just reusing things you got from elsewhere. But I don't think they're nice enough for me to send to my clients, like my design clients. But they're I agree. absolutely perfect for B two B projects. So yeah, those little boxes from Princewell are great. I feel yeah. like you can buy those somewhere, like Paper Mart or Uline or something. I hate Uline, but whatever. I hate um, Uline too, but I a hundred percent agree that you could definitely buy them somewhere. And I, when I saw the bag of those boxes in your studio, I was instantly filled with regret that I've never once asked Princewell to put my stuff in those boxes like it's not that much more money and had I just added it to every order I've ever placed from Princewell I I too probably could stock some shelves yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah 
it's they have so many sizes like as far as depth but also they fit anything like they have everything from like a1 all the way up to like 8 by 10 so like they have every size you could ever dream of and you can buy like those boxes with like the little rubber or like stretchy cord bows that go around them and stuff but you could also just tape them or put a sticker on the side or something but yeah, I those are great to have on hand. So if you ever order from Princewell, recommend the premium packaging because it's worth it and you can reuse that to the end of the earth. So yeah, I would I, love to see their shipping department. Yeah, like, that would actually be really interesting. I can't imagine how much packaging stuff they have because they also do they can hold on to your branding stuff. Yeah. So totally. like if you and blind ship, yeah, yeah, if you are blind shipping through them, they will put your branding on your package they're sending out. So I, I would be so fascinated to take a tour of Princewell and see how the heck they do what they do. Yeah, agreed. Major um, plug for the price they do <laughs> as well. Yeah. Okay. So okay. all right. So then Let's all right. Talk about product so covers clients. Yeah. So yeah. Product orders. So you know, Julie and I have similar products that we offer. So our packaging is kind of similar. Larger product orders. So like we're talking like a set of note cards or like a whole bunch of cards. What do you do? Um, so I will try to use those terribly sized boxes that I bought once upon a time <laughs> ago, but it almost never works out to my benefit. So I'll usually if it won't fit in my extra large padded mailers, then I will try to find a box that it will fit in. I just this like medium size order is my pain point for me. So the large orders that we've been talking about, the I think 12 by 10 by seven boxes I've been using are amazing and I love them and I do have to place my own order for them, which is fine. But and then the really small orders that we're going to talk about next, I also have down like a science. But when someone orders like several sets of note cards from my business from my Etsy shop I'm almost at a loss because I'm like I really don't know what to put those in yeah. um, so that's just an honest look at where I'm at in my business yeah. and it's just one of those things where when you offer something but you don't sell a lot of it so like I sell a lot of individual greeting cards or like sets of three because you get free shipping if you buy three but I don't sell a ton of multiple note card orders. Yeah. So when one when those one or two occasions arise, I'm just like, ugh, I've got to figure out what to put you in. So yeah. what do you do? Because you get a lot of note card orders. Yeah. That is like cards, your freaking bread and butter. I know. My note cards are like, they continually shock me. I cannot keep my little floral pastel note card. Well, I can, but I like, I feel like I've reprinted them like, half a dozen times mm-hmm. people people love the little note cards so i since starting my business have now narrowed down to one size of greeting cards i used up the last of like these a6 pre-scored and folded cards that i had and like i was like oh i can't wait to be rid of these so all of my cards are a2 size which means that i can really be specific about my packaging I have one type of box that I order for like like greeting card box. I'm talking like a little little guy, not shipping box. I have one mm-hmm. size of greeting card box I have and I know exactly how many cards, whether they're flat or folded, fit in that box. So I can sell them a set of that. So I've really like mastered my like note card greeting card sets and shipping them. I usually use 
either depends on what I have, but I have an eight by six by two or a nine by six by two box, depending on where I order from. There's two options and those are the two sizes. So I find that to be perfect. So think about your A5 greeting card is five and a half, right? For like the, mm-hmm. the longest point. With packaging, you're looking at like five and three quarters, you know, and then mm-hmm. boom, your six inch box is perfect. So I can actually fit with the two inch height because I order the five eight size boxes. I like the math all maths and my eight by six by two or nine by six by two box can fit up to four sets of greeting card or note cards in it. So that box and price wise, it's usually in the upper three to low four dollars for like priority shipping. You can do less for like, you know, for like I can you do first class for packages? I don't think so. No. No. So it's like it's like three or four dollars right to ship it. So, you know, I've I've got this box figured out. I've got the number of things I can fit in that box and I've got the pricing kind of all like locked in. So which is awesome. Yeah, that's usually my go to. I run through those boxes a lot. Those are like for my product sales. That's the majority of what I use is that box size. And I love it. It really like is the perfect size to fit like because one set of note cards is like not too much room. Like when I use like I use a piece of tissue paper and all that stuff. But like it's not like too much room when you just have one set of note cards. But you could Mm -hmm. fit four if you really have to. So that's huge. I think that's really important to find something that that's a really wide range, you know, like when it comes down to it, because those note card sets are almost 20 bucks a pop. Right. So like, yeah, being able to fit anywhere from one to four of them is, I think, a really like a really great size. So I agree. Yeah. So those little infamous boxes I've been talking about are so close to the size that they're probably off by like a quarter in in one direction. Yeah. Because what can't happen is I can't sit them side by side. Yeah. And then they're supposed to be two inches high, but when I stack them on top of each other, like I swear they just made, they shrunk the box a little it's, bit. I like, bet it's also like outside dimensions versus inside, but also it could be like the height of your greeting card boxes. Cause I, I have the five eighth inch ones. Yeah. And so that. I do fits- think I, I do think I have a little bit bigger because. Yeah. I don't only put my note cards in, <laughs> so I definitely do, because now that I'm yeah. thinking about it, I do folded greeting card set, Yeah. so I needed the extra space for those, and then when I do note cards, like the flat ones, because I have the extra space in the box, I sell mine in a higher quantity than you have listed for yours. Just because I have that space in the box. So you're absolutely right. Yeah. But like, so I can't fit two side by side and I can't fit two stacked on top of each other. The box that are just shit. Guys, learn from me. Check the sizes. Yeah. So this has eight folded note cards and envelopes in it. And it's a five eighth inch height. Yeah. uh, Greeting card box. And so that size to me is absolutely perfect. And I like it because I don't ever want things to be like loose in their box. I would rather them be snug. So really even, with folded, yeah, same. even with folded cards, it's perfect, but I could not fit. I think eight is the maximum number of folded note cards I could fit in there. Flat note cards, it could probably fit like 10, maybe 12 if you really want to push it, but depending on the thickness of paper too. But yeah, yeah. so the 5 eighth inch box fits eight scored 110 pound, scored and folded 110 pound note cards and eight envelopes in it. And that is perfect. So my eight by six by two, nine by six by two can fit, you know, a good range in there. So that's my small box in my range that I have. And I love it. It's my most commonly used. 
So I think the size for me that's closest to that is actually my largest padded mailer, which is like a Mm. 12 by 10 padded mailer. And I can ship four sets of note cards in those. They fit very snugly. Every time I ship them out, I'm like, I don't know if I should be doing this. I would say three would be the most comfortable, like putting two side by side and then centering the one on the top. Yeah. But yeah, so that I I love a good padded mailer. The ones that I use are recyclable, so they're all they're all paper, so that's nice. But ugh, you know, you know how I feel about these medium sized orders. The The small ones are my bread and butter. I freaking love the small ones. Well, the last thing I'll say about my beloved little boxes is that I use so like obviously shipping label on top, and then I use like one piece of branded packaging tape because it's a tuck flap box. I love the tuck flap boxes. They do take a little bit of room inside, so you have to be kind of prepared for that. But I love them for taping because it's like minimal tape required. It's really great and they feel really secure. So great. I yeah, love a tuck so. flap box. We love a tuck flap around here. So I have <laughs> I keep three of my I have four box sizes. Three of them are tuck flap and the largest one is just regular flaps. So that's kind of my my preference. But yeah. Agreed. All right. So for the small product orders, which are like single cards up to three cards or small things like stickers, things that aren't rigid. So this would Mm -hmm. not count like keychains or anything like that. When I first started my Etsy shop, I was shipping everything out in like a small padded mailer and paying like four dollars to ship all these things. And then I started the Better Mail Club and I was shipping out three cards to multiple people every month in just a regular envelope with regular postage on it. And then was like, wait, I can also do that on Etsy. And Etsy does now allow it. If you buy the shipping label through Etsy, they will not ding you for not having a tracking number, but you have to buy it through them. But yeah, so you could just put those in an envelope. The trick is, especially if you're only shipping one card, is to put like, a 110 pound cardstock. I usually just go get like a cheap stack of cardstock from like Michaels or something with a coupon. I come home, I cut it down to the size of my A9 envelope that I use, and then I kind of pre-assemble them. So basically all of my envelopes already have a piece of cardstock in it. When somebody places an order, I just take the individual greeting card If I am only sending one greeting card, it gets its own sleeve. If I'm sending two or three greeting cards, they all go in one sleeve. I'm not sending one customer three individual package sleeves. Yeah. But so basically all of my cards in my inventory are bare naked, as I like to call them. (laughs) (laughs) So they get packaged up at the last minute, which is super annoying when I have a market going on because yeah. Always have to decide: Do I care about crusty fingers touching all my white cotton paper, or do I want to sit here, sleeve, and then unsleeve a bunch of cards? All of them, yeah. But anyway, so that's what I do. I put them in the envelope with a little cardstock. Sometimes, most of the time, actually, I will secure the cello sleeve that has the cards in them to the center of the cardstock with a little sticker that says "You've got great taste." Bought yeah. those off Amazon. They were dirt cheap. <laughs> I love that. And then I will put my branding thank you note handwritten inside and boom, that baby is done and it is shipping for like a dollar twenty eight. Like it's dirt yeah. cheap to ship those. 
Yeah, I love that. I, okay, so I do something a little like, similar, but I came up with what I think is a really great little life hack for packing card orders. And love I it. start, yeah, you know what I'm talking about. I order these little, like, just digitally printed, folded A7 greeting cards. And they have, like, my logo on them, my brand colors, whatever. Like, it's just a little design of my heart's, you know, creation. And I just, got them printed pretty inexpensively and I use them for two purposes. I put whatever someone's purchased inside of them and I write a little thank you note inside of it. So rather than using, so my thank you code, like my thank you cards that I use for normal, like for larger orders, for client orders, whatever, yeah. is a letterpress thank you card with my logo and an envelope that I also letterpress printed with the logo on it. Like it is, you know, it's a dollar a pop right there, right? So yeah. this for me, was like a huge like light bulb moment. I was like, oh my God, this is brilliant because it offers protection. I put the little cards right inside of it. So it's protected on both sides, which is great. And then I can also write my thank you note in it. So it's like, rather than just writing thank you note on the packing slip or whatever, it, it works really nicely and it looks great. And, you know, it's also got my logo on it. So like, it's brilliant. So like, yeah, I think that was really clever. It's freaking um, brilliant. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. So that's kind of what I've been doing. And I'm going to continue doing that for the individual onesie twosie card orders. One, and you two, also three just, card orders. And you still just ship them out with like standard postage, right? Yep. Like not a package. Like Correct. As a letter. So then I just put it in an A7 envelope, yeah. which I have on hand in various colors because of client orders and stuff. So I just throw it in an A7 envelope and pop it in the mail. And I do purchase that label through Etsy. So it prints out on my label printer and a four by six label rather than trying to deal with printing one envelope. So yeah, yep. that's my... That's my situation for, you know, a couple greedy cards. And yeah. I really love it. I'm very happy with that process. Yeah. And if you're making sales not on Etsy, we actually just talked about this because Mariah and I were discussing better mail, but you don't have to purchase a label for that through like whatever ship yeah. partner that you use. You could literally just put postage on it. It's probably going to be over two ounce, like just weigh it. Yeah. Um, depending on how thick it is or like not how thick but like how heavy it is and how rigid it is it might need a second stamp on it like throw two stamps on it or something but um, forever is at 63 cents a pop (laughs) yeah yeah is and then if you think about okay the label that you don't have to print and the time you don't have to spend printing that and all of that kind of stuff yeah yeah i I think it all flushes out be just fine yeah i also Um, feel like people love like when you receive an envelope in the mail and it has a handwritten address, like isn't that so much more fun than a printed label? I don't know. It's so cute. I feel like I have worked into such a good system with packing orders that I feel very like happy and content with my whole process. So but my thank you notes, I usually use a bright pink envelope and I write their name in white gel pen because cute and I always cute. do it in like my little calligraphy style, you know, but just regular yeah. pen. And then I write the note card in pink. So, you know, that's my little fun that's treat. So but cute. The one thing I will say, my final comment on like product orders is I do love to include a good freebie. Um, I that is something I just like don't want to let go of and I refuse to. So like a lot of times it's no card set things. So and this kind of comes touches back to like a like a point we made early on, like being thoughtful about what you're including in your packages. I so like Basically, what I do is when I assemble my note card sets, like I grab my eight envelopes, I get two of each design, I put them all together, I put them in a little box. Then I have like, okay, I have four purple ones, two green ones, one blue one and six pink ones. So then I just take those individually and I make them into a freebie, right? So I just like will put them, I have a little section in my closet where I can sort through my little freebies of various things. 
I had one or two left over of something, or it's a card that I no longer sell, or it has my old logo on it, something like that. So basically, I'm taking these products that I otherwise wouldn't be able to sell. So like the note cards, for example, when I reprint them, the colors might might be different. I can't just like resell them next time I reprint necessarily. So anything I can't sell otherwise or don't want to have a listing for the three of those that I have left or whatever it is, I'll put them in my little freebie box. And then when somebody orders like a set of the floral, you know, note cards, I'll throw in a different type of note card that I think they might like or that like fills a gap. Like, you know, Valentine's Day is coming up. I'll put in a little note card that has hearts on it, that kind of thing. So I try and like include something that's different than what they purchased but something that they might also like you know what I mean yeah I agree yeah I I also get most of my Etsy reviews have mention of that in it too so I think that's something that people love yeah yeah if somebody orders over a certain threshold in my shop because like 90% of my orders are just a single greeting card but if someone orders above a certain threshold I will actually send them a note card or a greeting card as their freebie. But one of the things that I want to do, and I know I just shot on that company who sent me stickers that I'm not going to use, but (laughs) as I sell stationery, what I would love to do is my freebie be a little sticker that you would like put on the back of your envelope or something. Like something that you actually would use that elevates the thing that you purchased. Like you already knew you were getting a cute greeting card, but now you're also getting this really cute sticker that's just going to make it so much more fun for whoever you're sending it to. I love that. And I love that, that so to much. me makes sense. Yeah. This truck tractor sticker that came <laughs> with my order that had nothing to do with stationery and nothing to do with tractors, I'm just really confused by. Yeah. And I'm going to yeah. take it and give it to my nephew and he's going to have a freaking blast. And you know what? That's actually probably what it is. It's probably for the kids. Oh, like for sure. That, yeah. That makes stickers, a lot more sense. Stickers now. for children. Yeah. I, yeah. yeah. I think if you can like include a freebie, obviously people love that and it's something that they take note of clearly. Yeah. Just make it make sense for you, you know, like. Yeah. I think you have to go back to have. our, yeah. yeah, our Etsy episode about like not losing out money is. Yeah. I think there's a lot of pressure to provide freebies. There's a very long time where I would go without doing it because I just didn't have any extra things in inventory that I felt like giving away or just like the price point of their order didn't justify me throwing in. Totally. Like you buy a $6 card and I give you a $6 card for free will never make sense. Yeah. And that being said, (laughs) most of the orders I'm referring to are note card orders, like sets of $18 is different than a single greeting at $5.50, $6, whatever it is. So yeah, it makes sense for your business for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. All right. So just so we don't run too terribly long, let's we've already talked about a lot of these, but let's run down really quick things that we sell. So there's packaging to like ship stuff, but then there's packaging just to contain the things that we sell. So we've already talked about single cards. I try to leave mine bare naked as much as possible unless they're traveling somewhere on their own and I have to put them in a cello sleeve. Yeah. Yeah. Do you sleeve all of yours or where where are you at? You know, that's, it's something I didn't used to do, but I started sleeving all of them as my Etsy business picked up. It's just saved me a lot of like, I feel like it saves me time, but it also helps me keep easier track of inventory. I do not sleeve all of them. The majority are still on sleeve, but they're all folded and ready to go. 
And so I have like 10 at most sleeved at any one time of each product. So that saves me from buying like a bajillion sleeves and only needing 100 of them. And it also just like allows me to save some time. So yeah, I sleeve some of them, basically. (laughs) Cool. And then for greeting cards and note cards. So the box that you were talking about earlier is the all clear five eighths inch box for A2s. I have those. I have used them in the past. I've also switched over to the craft boxes that have the windows, but I don't put the plastic windows in them. So again, it's kind of one of those things where like the front is bare and can get damaged for sure. So, but at least it contains the greeting cards for me. So that's what I use is the craft boxes. I buy them. I've also keep clear bags. Yeah, I like clear bags. That's where I get all of my. That's where clear bags is where I get all of my sleeves and my greeting card boxes. That's what I like to use. Yeah. Yeah. Whenever I ship an art print, I do a piece of chipboard as the backer, and that has my branded sticker on the back or a letterpress logo. I'm like half and half uh, inventory wise. Yeah. And then I put that and the print into a sleeve, a plastic sleeve. Yep. Same. Same here. Gift tags, I once upon a time bought the same window craft boxes for gift tags and then never made gift tags that were that shape. So those have been sitting in my inventory forever. (laughs) And this is actually where I've made use of those two small A2 clear bags that I bought. Yeah, I made like a perfect size insert that goes in and then that becomes the backer for the gift tags and the string. I would probably use the same thing if I was selling like a pin. We have used them. We've used them for our yeah, pins. Yeah, for our pins. Yeah. Yeah. I so, think I brought those. Yeah, either way. Oh, um, you may have. But yeah, yeah if I were going to make a – like that is what I now use those bags for is like yep. small retail Random, items. Yeah. Or like including cards. like wax seals with your – like extra wax seals. Yeah. Or, like, you know, those little things, you can always find a use for them but you probably don't need to reorder them. (laughs) A (laughs) hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. And then the one thing that we have sitting around are, we both have bought these is different kinds of small boxes that are going to contain like an ornament or a keychain or a bunch of other crap that we don't even sell. Uh, And so now we just have them sitting around. I actually don't have any of those sitting around because I sent them all to you. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, just kidding. I sent some to someone else too, but I I did get rid of all of mine. I to be to be fair, the ones I sent you were actually purchased for a client, and then couldn't return them for various reasons. So thank you very much. That was not my fault. And I do really like those, and I really want to find a way to use them. But they are a bitch to fold. Like they I know they require like twelve to steps to assemble. It's like <laughs> what? But they look beautiful. Yeah. I think they'd be great for like coasters. That's what I envision them for. And yeah. why I have wanted them for so long. So. I plan on putting my little ornaments in them. My yeah. my state my mini miniature stationary ornaments. Yeah. All right. Our last Great. section is just talking about shipping accessories that we love. Mariah and I both will sing the very high praises of our thermo label printer. We love it's, our label printers. We love we we have different ones. We freaking love them though. I just if I had to print out one more label and I was not smart like you, I didn't buy the sticker paper. 
I just printed out labels on regular paper and then freaking clear taped them on. Oh, yeah. To the boxes. It sounds terrible. If I had to do that one more time, I would have just like lost my mind. Oh, yeah. That's why, yeah, I waited a long time to invest in a label printer. I was just using the like two per page, you know, eight and a half by five and a half sheet labels and printing them on my inkjet, which was super annoying because you'd have to print one and then take Mm -hmm. it out, flip it, put it back in and then print second one. And so if you had Mm -hmm. three, then you're left over or one, you're left over with this odd sheet that just has half a label. Yeah. Which like is fine. I used every single one of them, but like I was so grateful to leave that behind. And just now I just hit print and it's like, and I just like love it. It's um, so beautiful. There's no so better sound to me than the freaking label printer going off. Cause I'm like, wow, I didn't have to format anything. I no, didn't have to rotate just, yeah. anything. I didn't have to uh, load anything. Didn't I hate change it. or touch a single thing. My laser printer was primarily for white ink. So anytime I had to print a label, I would have to swap the toner out. Oh, no. And so it's just so many steps. You're like just done with packaging and order. And now you have to do like 10 more steps just to print the damn label. Yeah. I first world problems. But yeah, I really (laughs) felt like I really felt like I like leveled up when I got my label printer. Um, And shout out to my mom who bought it for me. And go without saying thank you for that because it literally love her <laughs> she's the best but also like it saves me it legitimately saves me so much like time and just makes packaging orders literally more fun it sounds so it. stupid like a label printer it's super unnecessary if you're just starting out like it's not needed at all but it is amazing once you have it one. is that one luxury <clears throat> item you could buy yourself that will actually save you time and like money. yeah save you time and money it will sure. like oh it's just fabulous yeah. yeah it is the one thing i will go back over and over and be like that was the right i spent probably the same amount of money as this freaking phone mount that's sitting above me and if i had to choose between one or the other it'd be the label printer all day oh yeah i think that like the label printer is up there on things that have brought me the least headaches and the most joy of all the supplies, materials, equipment I've ever purchased. <laughs> Amen. It, like, and I'm just going to say five minutes to set up. It takes no time at all to print. It took, it takes no time to print a label. Like, oh, absolutely. Yeah. The least headaches, the most, like the most competent printer of all time. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So the next thing that's really handy <clears throat> to have specifically regarding packaging is a shipping scale. So yeah. I have just this little kitchen scale, but I am very jealous of yours because it has a bigger surface space. Yeah. So my so shipping I want scale. It. Yeah. Okay. I'll send you the link. Uh, <laughs> she's looking at me like, give it to me. It's pink. It's pink. Of course it's pink. So I love this shipping scale because things that I didn't think would be important, but now that I have it are super important to me and no printer or no scale that I ever purchased again will not have these. So it plugs in. It just remains plugged in. There's no batteries to worry about. It has an on and off switch and it has a big surface area. So like, you know, have you ever like (laughs) when you have a big package trying to fit on a small scale, you like have you ever used the corner? (laughs) Yeah. Okay, here here's actually two here are two two ways that I measure my big that I weigh my big packages right now. So, if it's not terribly big, like I'm talking about the like almost 12 by 12 by foot, 12, yeah. No, like even bigger than that. Okay. If it's the 12 by 12 boxes, I will put a water glass on my scale 
and then tear it out. Yeah. You know, yep. like the yep. like Balance, zero it out. Zero. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then I will put my package on top of that. Smart. I like if that. it is any bigger than like a 12 by 12 box, I will actually go into my bathroom and stand on the scale and With weigh it. myself <laughs> and I'll pick up the package and weigh myself after holding the package and That's do funny. the math. I because do not. If I, if I just put the package alone on the scale, it's electric. So it won't register that a human is standing on it because it's like it yeah. only turns on if you weigh more than like 40 pounds. Weird. Yeah. Okay. I love that. Well, I've definitely like held the package at an angle on the corner before to try on my old scale because <laughs> it was too small. Also, you know, for those of you who are purchasing your first packaging scale, make sure that it has a decent weight limit because my old one only went up to like 15 pounds. <laughs> so yeah, you may also yeah, want to consider that the weight too. Limit too. Yeah. Paper's heavy, y'all. If you're in this business, you're going to be <laughs> yeah. shipping stuff out that that's double way heavier. Cotton paper. Yeah. So there you go. There's those That's are all awesome. the random but important things about shipping scales. Okay, we both have our branded tape, and you yeah. got yours from Sticker Mule too, right? So yours is cool. yeah, it's water activated, water activated, yeah, yeah. And I then got, I got, got the little... holder from Amazon. Yep, same. Yeah. So we both have. Is yours pink? Yeah, yeah, we have the same. Yeah, one. I feel like I have to constantly refill it with water, which is my only negative on that dispenser. No, because it it evaporates. evaporates. Yeah, yeah. It, so that's the only downside. But anyway, so if you get branded tape, it's most likely going to be water activated tape. So you're going to need a little dispenser for that. So yeah. you know, buying branded tape for the nine dollars sticker mule deal is not necessarily just nine dollars. <laughs> Very true. Very true. Uh, and I think we may have mentioned this earlier, but I do want to mention that I still use clear tape and I think you do as well, especially with our bigger boxes. So I will use the branded tape to kind of like cover the middle. Yeah. And then I will, because I don't a hundred percent trust the water activated adhesive all the time. I will make sure that like the ends have been taped with clear tape, just so I know this box is 100% not going to open if it's in like a hot, steamy truck or sitting yeah. out in the rain. Yeah. So two two things to note on this. I have set a package out on my front porch in the middle of winter and the packaging tape has lifted. So if you are using water activated tape, I would make sure that these like if the weather is anywhere outside of like moderate, I would definitely make sure that like it's sealed and dried and glue is like stuck before you put it outside because it obviously if it's not completely adhered it will lift and I also do use clear packaging tape I like to use it for the bottom of my really heavy stuff the the bright side of our tuck flap boxes for most of ours like orders and stuff is that you really don't need that much tape because they're kind of like already sturdy but for like regular boxes with flaps on either side you know I like to use clear packaging tape for the bottom because it is safer and more secure but same Yep. Same. Cool. All right. Um, And then to, I say we just run through the last few of these really quick. So we already talked about branded and small business stickers. So I say small business stickers because you could go on like Amazon and buy, I've literally done this. I found pink ones in my brand color that say, thank you for supporting my small business. Boom. Done. Didn't have to be customized. Thank you notes, same thing. You can get generic thank you notes. You yep. can have them mass printed or you can letterpress print some, whatever you're feeling, you do you. Yep. Ribbon and string. If you want to go a little extra, if you want to tie on a nice little note, ribbon and string. Fabulous. Yep. <laughs> I used to use this hot pink silk ribbon on my packages and it was 
so beautiful and so fucking expensive. I was going to say, I'm like, that sounds like what I want to put on my wedding invitations. Yeah. I got it from Paper Source. I still have some. It's literally the hottest pink ribbon you'll ever see. I love it. Okay. And then tissue Tissue paper. paper. So you can definitely just get like a, a plain colored tissue paper or even like a white tissue paper. Or you could be bougie like our friend Britt. Britt has really beautiful swell press yeah. patterned paper Printed, she always yeah. has um, that her orders come in and it's absolutely gorgeous. And yeah, if you've got the budget, the time to design it and you've got the budget to buy it, branded tissue paper is very cute. You yeah. can just put like one sheet in and pair and that it's beautiful. with. Yeah. I also have found that like, you know, sometimes tissue paper comes in two sizes and I actually think the smaller size is like way better than having the big sheets. So I'll never order like large tissue paper sheets again. So that's agree. I usually cut my tissue paper down into smaller sizes because I will use it. For sure. Yeah. So I just use like plain white tissue paper. Jillian has a peach color that she likes. It matches her tape. And then, you know, if you're feeling bougie, get the like printed custom whatever. And there's a ton of options for that for where you can get them printed. But, you know, do however much or as little as you need. (laughs) Okay. And last but not least, packaging fillers. So like we said, we really recycle fillers that we get, but you could purchase packaging fillers. You could buy rolls of packing paper. It's just a very thin, like craft kind of paper. And it comes Um, in a certain weight. So you might want a like, I found that the thick one was too much to wrap anything with, but if you're stuffing it in boxes and crinkling it up, it's better. So, you know, you'll play around with what weights you like, but something to keep in mind don't just order the first one that you see (laughs) i agree like when stuff comes from announcement converters the paper in there is really really thick and i hate that for everything else other than when i have a lot of space to fill because you only have to crinkle it a little bit and it just automatically fills up a lot of space exactly legion on the other hand tends to use this really thin paper i freaking save it all you should see i have a whole drawer where i I've like laid it all out and folded them into little oh, wow. sheets. I just, I just stuff mine into those boxes downstairs. I do not pass go or go I, $200. I just don't <laughs> have any, I don't have away. any space for an assembled box to be holding something. It's like true. it has to be stackable. Yeah. So. Good point. Good point. All right. And then real quick, let's just talk third party companies that you can get shipping labels through. Usually when you have a subscription to these places, you're getting better rates on your shipping so mariah and i both use ship station we love ship station we do but there are other similar companies like shippo and pirate ship and obviously if you are selling on etsy you can purchase your shipping labels through there and you do get a discount on the different shipping rates as well yeah and my friend jess and i actually checked with each other once and the etsy discount and the ship station discount were like exactly the same yeah so there's yeah yeah. having shipped some like so i use ship station for my online like my website orders and then i use etsy for etsy i find that i like just keep etsy let etsy do its thing because it seems to like that it's like a plant that like wants to be left alone you're like okay fine yeah i'll leave you alone so you know when you ship one or two like cards through ship station versus through etsy they're about the same and I get the same prices for my like small boxes as well for my note card sets. So I do think that like Etsy gets you a decent discount on. Sh- yeah, it's just that you know you pay those extra fees on uh, listings and stuff like that. But 
Yeah. Yeah. So either either way, if you're an Etsy exclusive person, you probably don't necessarily need one of these. But it's really great to have these third party shipping companies and a little bit of a discount for all of your client orders and stuff. It's it saves you a good a chunk of change in the long run for sure. Especially if you're doing any kind of expedited shipping. I cannot tell you how many times a client has asked for two day or next day. And the price difference between walking into UPS and asking for that mm. versus getting it through ShipStation can yes. sometimes be like $90. Yeah. The most I've seen was literally I went to UPS and it was going to be like $127 or $28 or something like that. It was $42 yeah. through ship. I literally in UPS was logging into ShipStation and plugging in the weight and stuff because I was like, no. That's exactly I like, what I did. And then I paid a dollar to use their computer to print it out. <laughs> I was like, fine. This saved me like $70. Literally. Yeah. So yeah. they definitely come in handy and you do get a, a little bit of a discount on them and it adds up. So highly recommend. Yeah. Woo. Okay. That was a long one, but I do think it was really, I mean, I would have loved this episode three yeah, years ago me too. when I, I was I think, staring down the barrel of figuring out what the heck to order. Yeah, I like having gone through all of the miscellaneous packaging in the entire world to where I am now with packing orders. Like I actually genuinely love packaging orders now because I have a system. Oh, Same. I didn't even talk about my little curtain rod with my tissue paper on it. Oh. Um, which is brilliant. Mariah <laughs> sold a curtain rod and she put her tissue paper on it and it's yeah. fabulous because it's just there. Yeah. By reducing you just pull a shade off. Totally. It's so convenient. I love it. Yeah. I've really gotten into like a good flow of things. So like I have my standard box sizes. I have my tissue paper. I know exactly how to fold it for those box sizes. I've got my envelopes, my little seals, my stickers, all my things all in one place. Like I really feel like I've got a good grasp on all my packaging stuff now. So it feels great. Good. I am yeah. proud of you. I agree. I think knowing what you're doing with packaging is so it's just makes it so much easier because packaging could be a real bitch. Yeah. Especially if you've got like a whole bunch of stacks of things that you've got to like keep nice and neat and tidy and blah, blah. I mean, totally. it could take 20 minutes to package up an order. And, you know, when we're working from our homes, <laughs> it's like, Okay, I've done all my quality control check in my dining room table. So now I have to go back and forth to my office for the 58 things I need to like pack this order, you know? So anything you can do to just save yourself the like, ah, like if I have to walk back to my office one more time, you know, it's like, it's all just, it adds up to stress. And the, the more you can reduce that, the better. So yeah, yeah, adding systems to help you make your life easier is only going to benefit you. So. Yeah. And if you're wondering like where to get started with getting stuff, Mariah and I still get a lot of our supplies off Amazon. Unless we're trying to buy something in bulk or a custom size, then we'll go to a store like Paper Mart mm -hmm. um, or Eco Enclose. And we really love Clear Bags is a website. You could get other things other than bags. Yeah. <laughs> from clear and bags. You can also get not just clear ones. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can really get anything from clear bags. And then like we've plugged them a bazillion times. They should just be a sponsor now. Sticker Mule. Yeah. It's just really convenient and really affordable. But there's also a bazillion other companies that make very affordable printed branding products. Yeah. yeah. Get so, my thank you. I get my digitally printed thank you cards from Printswell. Yeah. Because it's such a great price. 
Yeah. So. I mean, you know, there's a lot of options and depending on what you decide, like decide to do and how many orders you're shipping every month also makes a big difference, you know. So yeah, tons of choices, tons of options and you'll figure out <laughs> no matter where you're at in your business, <laughs> like you will eventually like whittle down what you don't need. Like it, it may take some yeah. time. Or like, you know, maybe you're just realigning with what you actually want to be producing or, you know, you have a lot more of a certain type of business this year and your packaging is changing. Like that happens. So, you know, don't be afraid to just get rid of those boxes you've never used. And uh, yeah, order uh, order what you need just to start and then go from there and order bulk next time. Great. So you don't have a whole bunch of crab lying around. But anyway. If you have very lovely packaging that you would like to share with the Ooh, class, yes, feel free to take a photo and tag us or share it to your stories and tag us so that we could share it on the Hot Off the Press account and yes. give some inspiration to everyone. I'll try to do the same when I am packaging up my next order too. Me too. I'll do the same thing. Yeah, I really like, I think clients love to see that. So, you know, not just us speaking out over it on your social media account, but I think like clients who are looking to purchase or book with you would like to see what they're going to get too, you know? So yeah, agreed. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you, Mariah. This thank is you, Jillian. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you everyone for tuning in. As always, we'll be back with you uh, a new episode next week. So thanks for listening and, you know, be sure to follow us along on social media at hot off the press pod. And if you haven't already sign up for our mailing list, which you can do at hot off the press We also have some merch and our letterpress supply and vendor resource guide. So be sure to check that out in the shop as well. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. Yay. Yay. Bye. Bye. <laughs>